Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Pure Nintendo podcast. This is your weekly dose of all things Nintendo. Uh, my name is Gemma, and joining me this week, I have my very good friend. I have Kirk. Welcome back, Kirk. Good to be back. Sorry I missed last week. Yeah, we missed you during the predictions. Did you have any uh, last-minute predictions you wanted to throw in? To the oh, mix? My, I don't know <laughs> if I've ever been right on a single prediction in my life, so best I just... Uh, <laughs> You know, sit back and, and let life do what it wants to do. Yeah, that's a good that's a good philosophy. I, I enjoy that. <laughs> well, this week we've got quite a long list of things to talk about, including some new Game Boy Advance games joining the Switch Online library, a new Mario vs. Donkey Kong trailer to talk about, some games we're playing, of course, Prince of Persia is among them, and a few other bits and pieces. So let's get to it. And I wanted to start with um, this Game Boy Advance titles that's... Uh, been announced for next week i think it comes out on the 17th and it's a pair of rpgs which is golden sun and golden sun the lost age i was very interested in your opinion about these kirk because uh i've played one of them have you played either of them um ironically no um, because <laughs> they're very much the type of game i should play and so many of the games i get um for entertainment for review all say they're inspired by golden sun yeah, um, this and maybe right. Chrono Trigger and, of course, uh, various Final Fantasies are the names that always get tossed around. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I have never played one of these. I think um, I have a memory at one point of maybe finding one on my Game Boy Advance. I remember having the cartridge at one point. Maybe I still do somewhere around the house. <laughs> um, started it, but never finished it for one reason or another. Right. So, cool. Yeah, yeah. Not enough. No experience. <laughs> well, now is your chance because they're both coming out, as I said, on the seventeenth, which I think is is Wednesday. Is that right? I don't know. In the, sometime uh, in the yes. future. Yes, it is Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. Um, and so I played the first one, Golden Sun, and I had it on the Game Boy Advance as well. The cartridge. I maybe you also still have it somewhere. Actually, I should go look for it. And I've never played the sequel, Golden Sun: The Lost Age, um, which I'm very excited to give a go. And I have to say Golden Sun, the original one, I loved it. And it's one of the only RPGs, not one of the only ones, but I don't always finish RPGs, right? They're quite lengthy and sometimes I just get distracted. I did finish Golden Sun. I went through and finished the whole thing, which I was really proud of. <laughs> so, um, so it's really good. It's it's a brilliant little RPG. And so I'll be picking, or picking up, I'll be trying the second one, Golden Age. Uh, Golden Sun, The Lost Age. But it led me to think about what happened to this series because I haven't heard of it in over, well, well over a decade. I didn't even know there was a third one on the Nintendo DS um, called Dark Dawn. Did you know about that one? Did that exist in your mind at all? No, I didn't. Um, But to be fair, if you'd asked me what, I I think I knew there was a sequel, but I would have had no idea what it was called. Um, Mm, Same. yeah, which is a shame because I did enjoy the first one. I don't know what happened. I think, you know, I had kids around that time, so I'm going to blame that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know what uh, happened to the, uh, to the series. I did kind of do a little bit of research last night and there was an interview, but this is going back 10 years now, that's the, the person, the producer or developer, I can't remember his name, wanted to do a fourth in the series, but there's not been any movement on that uh, in about 10 or 12 years he said something along the lines of, well, you know, if it's popular, you know, if people want this series, then that's going to inspire us to make more. So I think we need to go out there and say we like the series. So hopefully if these this pair of games is coming to the Switch Online and people play it, uh, hopefully Nintendo can tell which games we're playing in the library. I assume they can. 
Yeah, I would, I would think so. But I'll tell you what, um, since uh, why don't you do me a favor and, and sell mm-hmm. me on it a little bit and then everyone else like I, I do see it mentioned a lot. But what's so special mm. about Golden Sun that it's so memorable? Well, I mean, I say memorable, but it's been uh, quite a few years since I played it. Uh, okay, put you on I, the spot, did I? <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. I should have looked into it more. No, no, it it basically it's uh, from memory. I think the characters were really good and engaging. Uh, obviously, the animation, you know, it's it's a classic top-down RPG style, which I love, you know, like Chrono Trigger or like Secret of Mana or old-school Zelda. Um, I believe it had, uh, now this is testing my memory, I think it was Random Encounters for this one. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of those, but given that I love this game, <laughs> uh, it did well in that aspect. Now, I could be lying because this is... <laughs> This is something I'm not actually 100% sure of. But I think it was more about just the style, the graphics, the story, the characters, um, and it not being overly long or overly sh- or too short. It was a good uh, length for a game and just easily accessible, I think, you know, something. And the Game Boy Advance also was just a nice little system to carry around and play on the go. So yeah. maybe that would translate well to the Switch as well. Yeah, maybe it would be a good option for uh, my Switch Lite. When I'm yeah, using exactly. that instead of one of the other systems. Yeah. Because the Game Boy Advance was a bit, to me, it was a bit like a Super Nintendo on the go in terms of graphics, right? It looked, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of uh, SNES games came across, like uh, Super Mario World, I think there was a version of that. Um, and it just looked lovely for, for a handheld, you know, considered c- compared to, say, the Game Boy, which was awesome in its own right. But, you know, when the Game Boy Advance came around, it, it was leaps and bounds um, graphically better. <laughs> better. So I think to have a little portable RPG packed into this little cartridge um, was awesome. So we'll test my memory and see if this one stands up to the test of time and my nostalgic <laughs> reminiscing of it when I give it a go next week. But yeah, did that did that yeah. kind of cover? Did that make you want to play it or not? Really, it's a bit. Yeah, vague. I think so. I think so. <laughs> I, I, I want to give it a try. Also, because uh, like like I mentioned, so many of the other games that I have played and enjoyed um, will reference that as an inspiration. Although mm-hmm. I will say, I, I watched the trailer for it and. It, it's sort of funny to me now that because we see all these games with, with retro graphics, but they're mm-hmm. done with better technology and on more modern systems, mm-hmm. the retro graphic games look so much better than the games that inspired them. That's so I, I was point. looking at the video for Golden Sun and thinking, man, this looks pretty junky um, mm. because it just is what it is. It, you know, it's an old game and they aren't you know, doing anything with it. So. We've reached the point where the, uh, the the retro updates have surpassed the games that they're, um, you know, inspired by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's interesting. I don't know how you get around that. I guess you have to go back and develop it in a, in a, I don't know, the way they used to do it, right? Like yeah. <laughs> use old, old systems. I don't know. Which is right. Why it's really cool that the, the, some developers are still creating things for older systems. You know, like you'll see. NES games even, right? And Yeah. Yeah. Every um, now and again we get a press release for like a new uh a new Game Boy Advance game, cartridge mm, and all. Mm-hmm. Um, or via ROM. A lot of them are delivered via ROM setup. But uh, Yeah, that's true. And just yeah, because we do still see that. Yeah. And so to get that authentic feel to actually develop it for the system, I guess, is one way to do it, right? Right. So yeah, interesting. So yeah, let's see. I don't know if you'll have much of a chance to play it before our next episode, but um maybe. So we'll see how we how we go next week. 
Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I'd love to know if listeners are fans of the series and what you think maybe for the future. I think if, yeah, if there's a chance of a sequel, a fourth game, it's just there are so many series out there. Uh, and if this is a popular one, I'm just not sure why it's stalled. Maybe, I don't know whether the company's dissolved or moved on or uh, things happen, life happens, but it'd be nice for it to be picked back up, I guess, right? Yeah, maybe ownership of the IP has gotten muddy as happens over time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, stay tuned for more on that one. Um, moving on to our next piece of news, which is the Mario vs. Donkey Kong trailer that dropped, I think, a couple of days ago. Uh, have you had a chance to check this one out? Yes, I did. Yeah, it's looking like a really lovely game. Like visually, it just looks crisp and clear and just, uh, you know, it's a puzzle-based game with Mario obviously going through little obstacles. And and this one's a, you know, it's kind of a port, right? It's a, what, what system was the original game on? I can't even remember. Uh, was it a DS or 3DS? Um, yeah, I think, I think it was. It was one of the two. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing about this um, port or remake or whatever you want to call it, I don't know how, I, I suppose it's been remade because it does look so lovely, is that it does feature new worlds, uh, apparently, which is really cool, as well as co-op play and a new style mode, uh, sorry, a gameplay mode called um, casual style. So it looks like, um, you know, there's a lot to enjoy for people who have already played it, as well as obviously those who haven't. Now, I haven't played the original. I have played one of the games in the series but i missed this one the first one i guess so i'm really looking forward to this one and i think it comes out in february right it's like the 16th or something it's only about a month away um yeah, yeah. and yeah, you february did, 16th. And, yeah remind me because i can't remember if it was you or trev one of you had played this one i think <laughs> was, that, well, was both of you. that was maybe, you right maybe, maybe trev as well but yeah I, I had this game and i'm pretty sure i finished it um i know mm-hmm. i spent a lot of time with it Mm, yeah do you remember i mean sorry now putting you on the spot (laughs) because i believe in the trailer it said there were like 130 levels or something and if there are new worlds i'm wondering how many levels were in the original title is that something you might know (laughs) no no No, i i I don't i will say if i finished it i certainly did not play 130 (laughs) so so they have definitely added added some Mm, mm -hmm. yeah which is great so i'm very much looking forward to this one uh, you know, it's a nice uh, change of pace, I guess, from, say, Mario Wonder, which is a platformer. This has platforming style to it. It's obviously 2D and it's flat and left to right, up and down. But it's, you know, puzzle the puzzle elements are what makes it unique and special. Yeah, it's it's not a platformer in that mm. you, you have to have a whole lot of skill um, mm-hmm. to, to bounce around. It's more like just timing things and avoiding things as you, you know, open, like step on some buttons to open new areas and doing it at the right time so you're not running into the enemies. Mm. Um, but yeah, you, can, exactly. you can think about it. Um, there is a clock, but you, you have time to kind of look at things and take it all in and then decide what to do and put your put your strategy in place. Right. And I'm assuming the star rating, like there's a, there's a rating for each level, right? Like you would get three stars if you do it in a certain amount of time kind of thing or collect yeah, everything. I can't, I can't remember if it's that or if there are things you need to pick up. Like there are, you can complete the level without grabbing everything. So maybe if you grab everything, you get it. But I, I mm-hmm. it's been so long, I can't say for sure. Yeah, it's hard. We're testing our memories today a lot. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but it looks really nice. I'm very excited to see that one in February. Um, and did you have anything else to say about the trailer? What did you think about the casual star mode? 
Um, did they, I didn't see any differentiation. So maybe I just wasn't watching for it. Um, what is, uh, how are they describing well, that? From what I saw in the trailer, and I don't know how this compares to the original, but it looked like when Mario hit an enemy or some sort of object that, I think it was a piranha plant that spit a fireball at him or something. And he sort of turned into a bubble and went back to the flag where he must have saved. It was like a save point. So I feel like, I don't know, it seemed that usually you would die and have to start the level again, but this maybe means you can just restart easily with this bubble mechanic. Does that sound okay, right? Okay, yeah. Maybe yeah. not running out of lives. Yeah. You can run out of lives. Okay. Right. Yeah, so it seems like maybe it's just uh, maybe you, you're sort of still in the level. It's It's like, I guess, in some of the new Mario Brothers games when you're multiplayer and someone gets uh, injured or hurt, they come back as a bubble. and But the game is still running. You're still playing as long as someone's still alive. It felt a little bit like that where you didn't have to leave the gate, the, the sort of the level and restart it um, or lose a life. You kind of just floated back to the little flag where you must have, you know, that must be a save point and then you can just give it another go. So I don't know if it's, I assume it's an optional mode. Yeah. But it just makes, like it. yeah, I think it just makes things slightly quicker and easier i guess um and you can just concentrate on the puzzles rather than maybe worrying so much about losing lives that's how it appeared to me <laughs> i don't know but the co-op play will be fun i think that's a really neat touch yeah having two yeah having two people work together in different areas a uh, little yeah and that, that'll be interesting <laughs> because a lot of it is um you know going to certain areas hitting something working all the way back because now you have access to something you didn't before and so i'm I'm assuming now you're able to say, okay, you just wait here. I'll go take care of it. And then once mm. you have open access, that person can move in right away. Um, so I'm wondering if they're just handling it that way or if they are altering the puzzles based mm. on whether it's a one-player or two-player setup, um, you know, for yeah. how you're going into it. So Yeah, because that could we'll change find things. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that'll be really cool. Um, the other piece of news, and this leads into the games we're playing because I have been playing Suica game still over the holiday break. Um, which is the watermelon game that I've been talking about a lot. I'm probably sick of hearing about it. <laughs> but yeah, the and, reason well, that... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to say before you even start, you started talking about this game and I was like, what is this? I, I really, <laughs> why, why are we discussing? But now I see everybody is. Yes, and, it, exactly. it, and that's your point. It's like, how does, like you're able to connect in a way with these games that the world connects with that I don't. Like the, the ones I like, they're like such a tiny, tiny audience and I'm right there in it. And I'm very passionate about it. But a lot of these big popular games just go right over my head and that's what happened here. But you were on it. So good job. Yeah, I guess. I Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, yeah, I hadn't heard about it either until what was it like November, I guess, last year when there was the free game trial and I'm just like, well, it's a free game. I'm going to give it a go. Um, and I did end up purchasing it afterwards and I've been playing it on and off over the last couple of weeks uh, still can't get to what it so the uh, if you don't if you haven't listened to the episode where I talked about this it's fruit that drop down it's a very casual relaxing game fruit you control them they drop down one at a time you have to merge them they start off very small like a cherry I think is the smallest and it goes strawberry grapes etc and the goal is to get a watermelon um, the game never ends apparently I've looked into this because I got so like do I ever complete this game I've not uh, it's more like a score chaser relaxing little game where you just fruitful and you you merge them <laughs> so the goal can be whatever you want it to be the goal my goal was to make a watermelon which i did finally do and now i've made quite a few watermelons my next goal is to obviously make two watermelons 
um, and then merge them and see what happens. But I just can't seem to make two watermelons. <laughs> it's really hard, but it's also no, fun. They're, they're very big. <laughs> they are very big. They're, they're a huge. big, cumbersome fruit. Are yes. Fruit? <laughs> yeah. But the reason I bring it up again is because uh, it's recently been announced or revealed that the Suica game was actually the number one download in Japan on the Switch in 2023. So, wow. yeah, I know. I was well, I guess away. also <laughs> being that cheap helps. Like it's, it's it an does. inexpensive, like 99 cents or $1.99 or something like that. Yeah. 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 It's like a dollar or two. It's very, very cheap, um, which is good. You wouldn't, you really wouldn't want to pay more than that for it because there's only one mode to it. They have little themes like over Christmas had a special Christmas theme that changes the music and changes the style. That's gone now. They had one at Halloween. I assume they'll have others during the year. Um, it is just a casual game you can just pick up and play once or twice a day if you just feel like uh, getting a, your score for the day. It has this cool thing where it tracks your score of the day of the month of all time type of thing. So I am trying to beat my high score a lot, but I'm nowhere near the top ranking, for example. It does show you online as well. Uh, I mean, people are getting tens of thousands of points, and my best is like 2,700 or something like that, which I was happy with. But, yeah, it doesn't compare <laughs> to the rest of the world. Anyway, yeah, so Suica came, like, it literally beat out things like Tears of the Kingdom and, you know, Mario Wonder and Pikmin 4 on the eShop. You know, it's only available on the eShop. It's not a physical game. Obviously, Tears of the Kingdom has physical copies available. So does Mario Wonder. But, yes, it was the number one downloaded eShop title in Japan in 2023. I thought that was worth mentioning because it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, it's not doing much to help... Um... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? People who are claiming that the Switch <laughs> is not a true gaming system for hardcore gamers. The popularity <laughs> yes. of Suica game being there at the top is uh, kind of reinforcing their argument. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm not knocking the game. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. Uh, but... Yeah. <laughs> but it is probably the definition of a casual game. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Is it available for PlayStation or Xbox or is it just a Nintendo? I don't know. That is a good question. I don't think it's even on mobile devices, or at least not all of them. I think I saw that it was just an, just released on iOS in Japan recently. Um, yeah, it looks like I'm on the site now, and the only two platforms that they're promoting are Nintendo Switch and the Apple App Store. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I looked on my Android device uh, recently in Australia for my son, and it wasn't um, it wasn't available. So. Yeah, it, which is good in a way because normally it's the other way around. Games will come from mobile to the Switch. This one, yep. it's for the Switch, which is really cool and iOS. So, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I would say check it out, honestly. It's so cheap and it's just one of those things you would just play, you know, once or twice a day or a couple times a week. Maybe if you are if you take your Switch to work and you're commuting or if you just want to play. It's To me, it's like I play Wordle every day. It's just like a relaxing thing I do every day where I – I have my tea and I play Wordle on my phone, try to solve it. It's like that a little bit where you just have a go at Suica every day and just see how you go. See if you can make a watermelon. That's that's the way I see it. Anyway. Well, and you then know you what move I'm on. Gonna to, do. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to get it on the iPhone. Okay. Cool. Go for it. And then you can report back and tell me how it plays. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I don't think it's available in the US. I've got the app open now and I typed it in and there's a uh, Watermelon 3D Fun Merge. Mm -hmm. There's a lot watermelon of watermelon fruits match clothes, puzzle. I guess. Watermelon. Yeah, it looks like there are some <laughs> knockoffs. 
bunch yes, of people exactly. hurrying up trying to take over the uh, popularity mm-hmm. of Suica. But yeah, it looks like it's uh, only in Japan or at least not in the U.S. for now. Varieties. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, Suica is Japanese for watermelon uh, as well, which okay. is the name of it is Watermelon Game. So uh, that makes sense that it's developed in Japan. It's released there first. Maybe uh, given its popularity, I would be surprised if it didn't make its way to the U.S. and to other territories. But yeah, we'll see. You can always get on the Switch, Kirk, for a dollar. <laughs> oh, well, all right. I was just thinking that this type of gameplay, I'm more apt to pop it open on my phone yeah, than I am yeah, to yeah. sit down on the on the chair and, and launch <laughs> the Switch and dig into some Suica. Suica, yes. Exactly. Anyway, so yes, that's my story about Suica. Uh, but yeah, so that's one game I'm playing on and off over the holidays. The but 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 the bigger game that I'm really excited to talk about today is Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Because yes. that, yes, um, we've been talking about this on and off for the last few months since the first trailer dropped and since I played it at PAX and um, we've talked about the history of Prince of Persia, but the game is out officially on the 18th, which is Thursday uh, this week, and I have had a chance to play it in advance and review it and the review is up on our site now. There's a demo available as well right now, so I encourage everyone to jump on and, and at least try the demo. Um, this game is is great. I was so impressed with it um and i'm sure you've yeah you read my review actually so you've heard my thoughts already but uh how do i there's just so much about it that that's done really really well the team has done a fantastic job with this game i love that they've kind of started from scratch almost like it's not a continuation of the stories we've had before or a prequel or a you know it's not i wouldn't even call it a reboot it's just it's just a unique story set in this mythological persian world Um, we have a new hero called Sargon he's really he's acrobatic just like we would expect from the protagonist in the series he wields two swords which just are awesome (laughs) it's just so much fun to use him to fight um I'm not I mean I don't like to use the word metrovania but Ubisoft does so (laughs) they're calling it a metrovania it does definitely have metroid vibes like the exploration the mapping um and the combat it's all very much like a metroid title like you I would think it's very closely aligned to that series. Um, but the battle, because I'm not much of a Metroidvania fan. I mean, I love Metroid, but I'm not very good at that. those games. They're hard for me. <laughs> but there's a couple of things that Ubisoft has done really well. Um, accessibility is one, and I'll get back to that. But the battles just feel fun. They just feel engaging and I, I don't want to say easy exactly because I did have it on an easier setting. But um, that's about accessibility. But it just felt like instead of just sitting there mush, mashing buttons, I was actually able to use different moves well and try new things and succeed, you know, because you can block, you can dash, you can duck, you can use your swords, you pick up extra weapons, you know, like you'll get a uh, an, a bow and arrow. You get combos that you can release um, when you build up enough power. It's just it's very well engineered. And I, I really want to say that they've done a great job with designing it and making it work well so that it feels like you're in you're in the zone when you're doing combat and you actually, for someone who's not a strong combat player, I felt like I was in control and I could actually, when I saw a big bad boss, yes, it's intimidating and yes, it was hard, but I didn't feel like I couldn't uh, have a go at it and actually win. So <laughs> yeah, they've done a great job. And speaking of accessibility, so yes, there are five difficulty levels, so you can choose your path that way. If you do want a challenge, ramp it up for sure. 
you there's just so much um that you can change in terms of like colors and contrast and you know they, you can tweak it to almost the nth degree and they, i really just love that they've done that it's kind of a trend i've seen a lot recently with accessibility just being a, a more of a standard i don't know if you noticed that as well in your the games you're playing kirk i, I think so yeah yeah and so and ubisoft has just done that uh, just really well. I haven't seen a game with so much accessibility in a long time. And I think, you know, kudos to the developers for this, um, taking the time to develop it properly. The other thing they've done is, um, you know, on the Switch, we know the Switch sometimes doesn't run very well. These guys, the developers have have just done such a great job with the, the hardware, the Switch hardware. I believe what actually happened was they developed it for the Switch first, meaning it was developed properly for this system at its, you know, it's the kind of lowest common denominator across all of the major consoles at the moment. So when you develop it specifically for the one that's got the lowest kind of hardware specs, then the other consoles benefit from that as well because they, you know, they obviously scaled up. But the Switch, it just works beautifully. There's no lag. There's no downtime. I didn't see any stuttering or jittering or any kind of delay at all. Um, and it did you play beautiful. it in both docked and handheld? I did. Yes, okay. I played a lot in docked because I was uh, away for the weekend, and it just—I was kind of—I had more time to do it that way, and it just felt really, really good in handheld. But it works well in both, honestly. Um, it's just, and it, it looks beautiful. It's visually quite stunning. Um, the animations, like the introduction, is really well orchestrated. It's not kind of it's just really well animated. I really like the style of it, the story as it unfolds. There's a lot of voice acting, which is great. It's just like, it feels like they've packed a lot into this little cartridge for the switch. Um, and as I said in my review, it just feels almost like a first party title, like the way it runs, you know, we know Nintendo can get the best out of the system, you know, Mario, sorry, well, Mario Odyssey or, or Tears of the Kingdom. Like these are big games with lots of proud, you know, graphical prowess behind them. And they never kind of stutter or have or suffer from any of those kinds of things that we don't like to see. And Prince of Persia, like it's not it's not an open world, uh, Tears of Kingdom type of game. Obviously, it's a platform, it's a side scroller, um, but it still looks visually stunning and and never suffers at all frame rate wise or other. So, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm really glad I got the opportunity to to play it and review it. And uh, of course, you can read my full review on the Pure Nintendo website, purenintendo.com. But uh, I'm just really pleased it turned out well because I, you know, I know you've been playing it for a long time, like as in the series. You you were playing it back on the was it the Mac, um, back in what the 80s, 90s? When was that? <laughs> yes, would have been the late yeah. 80s. Late um, 80s. I, I yeah. think I first played Prince of Persia. Yeah, so it's a series that's been around a long time. A lot of us have fond memories of it. I know the last major installment was in 2010. So it's been sort of 14 years since we've seen a new entry in the series, like a, like a proper new entry. Um, and I think there's always a risk with that when something comes back and it's not done properly or it doesn't meet expectations or whatever. This one does. It's done really well. So um, I'm pleased to say, yeah, that it's it's actually surpassed my expectations at least. So, yeah. Are you thinking of picking it up at all, Kirk? Yeah, I think so. I'll definitely try the demo. Um, yeah, absolutely. Give it a go. I don't know where the demo will be set because, um, you know, I know the story obviously, but when I played it at PAX, I played, uh, when I played it, uh, you know, recently, um, I saw the PAX part that I played and I'm wondering if that's the demo or not. So I'd be interested to see if that was 
if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's really cool. And the world it's set in is it, it's like time has stopped there. And I don't, I'm not going to obviously talk, talk about spoilers because the game's not even out yet, but it's, um, there's a lot to discover and this world is very different and unique. And I really like the time element as well. So, yeah. yeah. And I think the way you described the world in the review, um, right there on the Nintendo website in their splash graphic for it, mm-hmm. elements of that are on display. So yeah, I, mm-hmm. I don't think it would be a, a full spoiler. Um, but yeah, you yeah. can tell by looking that we're not, you know, we're, we're going to be in a bit of a fantasy world in this game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, there are definitely fantasy elements. Yeah. Uh, and the exploration, and I guess I do have to mention the map, which is something that really stood out to me. Um, so, you know, basically the map unravels as you progress. So you, when you reach a new area, it kind of shows up in the map. Um, that's all pretty standard. There's icons. You can switch them on and off if you want something a bit more difficult as well. Again, accessibility. But it's really easy to navigate. I I kind of mentioned this in my review as well, and it, it's only really dawned on me recently how much maps mean to me <laughs> um, because I played a few games where the maps just confuse the heck out of me and I just don't know where I'm going and I can't navigate myself properly. Um, and this one, it's just, it's really intuitive. It's really easy. But the best part is a little feature called Memory Shards where it's a, it's a kind of a device you're given in the game and you can take a snapshot of the screen that you're on, um, you know, in game and add it to your location on the map. And the reason you might want to do this is because maybe there's a treasure you can't reach or there's a path you want to investigate later, but you don't have the ability to get there at the moment or you don't have time or you, whatever, you, you're on a quest, you don't want to get sidetracked. Take a screenshot, you, you know, you pin it to the map. It's really, really simple to do. It's automatic. Um, and then go on your merry way. And then when you look at the map later, you can see the the pin and you can look at the screenshot and go, oh, that's right. That's where I want to go to do that. So I just love that feature. I really think it's cool. It sort of reminds me of when we had the DS and, you know, you might play Zelda or something with a top-down uh, map on the bottom screen and you could just draw all over it, you know, draw your little notes or whatever. Like, oh, I need to go there. It reminded me of that in a, in a more 2024 way <laughs> where it's, yeah, we don't have the DS anymore, obviously. We're not drawing. But um, just the ability to kind of mark a location. I just thought that was really neat. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I, I made a note of that when I was uh, looking at your review because the last few, we'll, we'll say it again, Metroidvanias um, that I played, <laughs> that was a criticism that, that right. I, I pointed out because I I don't like it when I you've got this giant map and this giant area and you see a treasure chest that you can't mm-hmm. get because you don't have the right ability and you're so far removed from it when you finally get that ability with no memory <laughs> at all of where yes. that was. Yeah. So you're backtracking blindly or you just say, forget it. Yeah. To be able, the ability to make any kind of note that this is where this is and this is where this is. So I know exactly where to go um, would be key. So I was so happy to see that this game had that when I read. Yeah. Review. Yeah, exactly. Yes. No, I, I agree completely. <laughs> it's definitely a feature of Metroidvanias, I think, that you have to backtrack. We all know that. This makes it so much easier. You can even skip parts, though, um, not related to the map, but just, again, that accessibility feature. If you need to go back through areas, there's a way to actually kind of skip areas if, if you needed to, if you wanted to, if it was too hard or you just don't want to backtrack, if it's too annoying, whatever. There's so much you can do to customize this. Um, yeah, it's really well done. It's really, really well done. Do enemies respawn? Uh, they do, actually. Yeah. So, which is annoying. <laughs> but that's why the skipping feature is really good. 
Um, and, you know, the platforming is spot on. It's just like you would remember in terms of the acrobatic, you know, jumping from platform to platform, swinging on ropes, avoiding spikes. You hanging can, on ledges. Do you have to hanging, grab ledges and pull yourself up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, what do you call it? Like I call it the ninja kick, which is like from, from Mario. <laughs> but, you know, you can leap onto a wall but bounce onto the opposite wall. Is that a okay, feature that's yeah. always been in? I don't know if it's always been in these games or not. I feel like he's added a few moves. <laughs> yeah, it's been in so many games now, you don't know where you were. Yeah, you exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So, yes, very happy with Prince of Persia. I gave it 9 out of 10. Um, uh, jump online and read my review if you like, listeners. But, yeah, definitely check out the demo. 100% guarantee you should do that. Uh, that's not really a guarantee. I 100% encourage you to do that. Um, yeah. Any, any other questions about Prince of Persia, Kirk? Nope, not cool. at the moment. Okay, well, that's my wrap of Prince of Persia. Uh, the other game I've been playing for review, which is also on the website that you can check it out, is a is a quite different game. It's a little, a very small. Okay, it's called Knights of the Rogue Dungeon, and it's a it's a dungeon hopper. It's a roguelike. It's uh, it's it's a I don't want to use the word casual again, but it is. It's <laughs> it's a little bit casual in that you're a little knight who has to jump from platform to platform you have to jump on every platform in the level. It's an isometric kind of view. And it, it the, the way to describe it is Qbert, right? Everyone seems to know okay, yeah, that right. style, right? That kind of yep. isometric, you know, sort of top-down view kind of thing. Not top-down, but side, I don't know. <laughs> isometric, that's the way you describe it. Um, yep. Basically, yeah, you have to leap onto every square or cube in the level. It changes color when you touch it. Um, and once you touch every cube in the level, you finish level. That's it. That's the goal. Touch every cube. But there are little things that make it more fun than that, and that is um, when you touch a certain number of cubes in a row, you become a, you unleash this knight power, and at the start it's eight cubes. You have to touch eight cubes in a row, as in uncleansed cubes or uncolored cubes. Once you touch eight in a row, you unleash this night power. As long as you keep touching cubes you haven't visited before, you'll, you'll maintain this night power. As soon as you revisit a cube, you lose your night power. Um, and that just means you're back to normal. But when you have your night power, you can jump on enemies and they and get extra points. Um, and it's like you're invincible, basically. So it's it's fun. And you just hop around in a, you know, as fast as you want while you're invincible. It's not timed. As long as you're jumping on squares you've been on before, you will stay invincible. But you can – one of the best things about this game is that, I mean, A, it's very addictive. It, I don't know if I'm selling it here, but it's actually really addictive because the levels are quite small, you know. They only take like a minute to complete. And then there's like 10 in the first world and then there's 20 in the second world and it just keeps growing and growing. When you complete the first world, you can then start from the second world every time, even if you die. But if you die any time during a level, you have to go back to the beginning of that world. So – what you can do is upgrade your abilities, which makes it heaps easier because it's actually really tricky. Um, <laughs> so you can upgrade your abilities so you can have, say, there's eight cubes you have to jump on originally. You can get it down to seven, six, five, four. I think the lowest you can go is three. So now every three cubes you are touching that you haven't touched before, you become a knight. And so it's much, much easier to vanquish these enemies. Of course, the enemies get harder. And then there are spikes and other things to avoid. So it kind of balances out. It's really easy to play. It's really easy to pick up. I found myself quite addicted to it for, for a while there. Um, it's got a very strong, just one more go kind of feel to it because it is just such a quick 
thing. You can just play through 10 levels in 10 minutes. And then you, you want to get to the end of world two, for example, which is 20 levels. And you get up to world 15, sorry, level 15 and you die and you're like, oh, I just want to give it one go. And you, and you jump, run through it again. Um, and then when you get to the end, you feel really satisfied. So yeah, it's just a fun little title that's, yeah, again, I hate the word casual. It's a little bit casual, but it's just super fun, super addictive, something quite different to say Prince of Persia, for example. <laughs> but it's a little bit like Suwaka in that it's one game that I found myself playing just a couple of times every day over the last sort of week or two. Um, I'll just have a go. I'm like, oh, I'm going to play Suwaka. Okay, I've done that. Now I'm going to have a quick go at Knights of the Rogue Dungeon, see if I can beat this whatever world or unlock this new feature. Um, and then move on to Prince of Persia and spend a few hours on that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's how I see it anyway. Um, that review's on the site. I think I gave that one 7.5 out of 10. So it's it's a fun time. Um, I think Are there puzzle the elements to it? Sorry. Uh, in Ro- Knights of the Rogue Dungeon, not particularly, no. Okay. You just have so to, it's not yeah. like you have to hit the cubes in a certain order. You just no. need to hit them once you do once they're locked. And then, yes, they don't okay. change back. So if you if you visited a, a cube and it's changed color, if you revisit it, it doesn't change back. Okay. I've, yeah, I mean, there's the strategy, I suppose, is that you because of the night power, you want to revisit as few cubes as possible. And I found it extremely satisfying to be able to go through a whole level without touching a cube twice. You can't always do that because of the random layout. Sometimes you just can't, it's just impossible. There's just, you have to backtrack, but there are levels that um, you can do that. And it's really fun to find that path and go and just, you spend the whole level in night mode. (laughs) It's really cool. And then the points really add up and you get lots of coins. And then of course you can buy more from the shop and and level yourself up even more. So yeah, it's super satisfying to do that. So that's my little personal challenge is just to get through it uh, as without revisiting (laughs) as much as possible. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely recommend that one if you're looking for something different. Um, and let's move on to something that you're playing because I've spoken a lot now. <laughs> yeah. What are we playing? <laughs> we'll give you a rest for a few moments. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you playing at the moment, Kirk? Something um, the first growth? The first game I'm going to talk about is one that actually came out on December 21st. Um, we're reviewing it now. We jumped on that a bit late. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Growth. Uh, th- this is also a puzzle game. It's it's very interesting in that the, the whole point of the game is to basically spread life. You're mm-hmm. again with an isometric view. You're given this these large maps of of hexagonal. Are, are they hexagonal? What is it? Uh, six sides, whatever. Yeah, that's hexagonal. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> But so there are all these tiles and you start out, you can't see where anything is. You get like some clues and maybe they're like, uh, you know, some forests off somewhere and you can see what they are. But you you have a, a tiny little forest area and it has a certain number of animals in it. Like, let's say you start with uh, two deer. Um, you can move the deer across a, a few of the hexagons to uh, unlock another area. And depending on what you unlock, that could create more life. You you might create like a warthog, for example, or, or more deer or a bee. Um, cool. And as you acquire more animals, you're able to push them out to other areas. Some are going to be necessary. Like, let's say if you get a bee, it can fly. So it's able to go across a river to be able to unlock an area um, elsewhere. However, you only have a certain number of moves. So if you're moving your deer and one has to stay behind, and then you move another one, you can eventually run out of animals. So there's a lot of strategy to it. Um, 
I, I don't know if there's more guesswork for me right now. There's guesswork because I'm not too far into it. And I don't know if I've completely wrapped my brain around the strategies you're supposed to be using to uh, get to where you are. There is a there's a decent tutorial at the start of it. Um, I think I may need to play through that again, however. But <laughs> yeah. when you, you, you'll play around, you will run out of animals and then basically the puzzle ends and you've only uncovered 20% of the area that you, you should be unlocking everything. Right. Um, so it, it, I, I haven't really played a game like this before. There is no story whatsoever. Uh, they don't try to create any sort of like fake narrative mm-hmm. to, to give you interest. <laughs> they literally just say, okay, here's the game go. And uh, you do there. There's barely a soundtrack, um, but it's, it's very relaxing. Uh, you're, there's not a lot of pressure. There's no time limit. You, you can hear the ambient noises, um, you know, of the areas you're unlocking and such. And the tiles have this nice sort of like a, I'm really dating myself here, but le, le, like a clackerboard where you used to be like a subway <laughs> station or a train station. And the, the pieces would flip when the new train was coming in to get to the next number or letter. Oh, um, okay. It has kind of that effect. It's got this, uh, you know, some nice sound. So it's, it's a very relaxing, calming game. Um but it is a little challenging. Um, I think after I played it a bit more, I'll start to get into the flow of it and be able to figure out, okay, you know, move here, go here first, do that kind of thing. It's almost got like a little bit of a uh, uh, minesweeper randomness mm. to it because you don't know what you're going to flip. You could be moving, trying to find another forest, but you end up hitting a river and you're not able right. to cross it because you don't have a bee and now you've got to go a different direction. Oh, that's um, interesting. So yeah, yeah, it's it's just unlike uh, any of the puzzle games I've played, um, at least recently. Um, but I, I'd say even going further back than that. So unique game. It's only ten dollars um, in the eShop, available now, and I, I'll have a review up. I'd say within a week or so on on yeah. this one. But uh, um, a fun little surprise. That looks very interesting. And are the levels random? Like if you don't make it through, like you get whatever percentage. And then no. you restarted it. Is it the same? No, or it is the same, or at least oh, okay. I want to say it is, but it, you know when it resets, um, and I end up trying again, I've gone in a different direction. Mm-hmm. So I say it's not random, but having not done the exact same thing, maybe it's not, um, or maybe it is. Are there levels like are you trying to get through level one? Yes, two, three. Ah, oh, okay. So that would make sense if they're not random, then. Yeah. 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 Oh, that looks really interesting. That does look very unique, actually. I love the little icons of the animals, too. I'm looking at it as yeah. you talk. Um, yeah. yeah. And there are eight different animals to unlock. Um, right. Yeah, that's so unique. Wow. Yeah, like okay. the, uh, I, I believe it's a warthog. The warthog, oddly, can go further than the deer. Oh, okay. Um, so you could push further along to unlock something, but if you go too far, then your deer can't go to visit on one move. Um, <laughs> right. And if you take two deer and put them together, you create like sort of like a mini forest. Um, they, they have a word for it. I can't remember what it is right now, but right. so there's a lot of strategy involved in spreading your animals out to make sure that you're able to unlock as, wow. as much of this. And the goal is to get hundred percent of that level yeah. unlocked. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the cool. goal is kind of nice too, especially, you know, with this uh, world of climate change where we're taking nature and sort of like smashing it down <laughs> but we're here we're spreading it out we're doing the exact yeah. opposite and pushing life out further to to populate the the world and 
So it's uh, it's it's sort of like a, a nice counter to what we're actually experiencing. Yeah, brilliant. That looks really interesting. I can't wait to hear your final thoughts on that one because, yeah, it looks very unique <laughs> and different. Yeah, I do love the look of it and the colors, uh, the hex hexagonal style. Reminds yeah. me a little bit of, uh, there was a, no, I'm not going to say it because I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> There's a game last year. But it was not about spreading animals. It was just about making cities and things like that. Anyway, that was fun. Yeah, cool. Uh, now the other game you're playing, which I'm excited to hear about, is Sea of Stars. How's that going? Yes, finally, finally. <laughs> and sadly, um, although I put it on the list, I haven't gotten that far into it yet. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I restarted it because I, I started the demo when it was mm-hmm. available. Um, but it had been so long between when I didn't complete the demo, but so long since I first started playing that to when I finally made this purchase and, and want to play it that I just started all over again. Um, but you know what? This is kind of the, it, it reverts back to my discussion on uh, Golden Sun. Is that mm-hmm. the name of that game we were mm-hmm. talking about? Yep. Where Because th- this, again, is one of those games that was inspired by, by that type of game. I don't know if they mentioned this one or... The, that game specifically in their press for this, but it's such a gorgeous game. Um, It's, it's mm-hmm. retro. It looks like a game you would have played, you know, on, on an older system. Um, But it's, it's fun to look at. It's, it's as you're exploring, you're really wrapped up in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's partly because of the visuals. It's partly because it's it's a little more interactive. Like, let's say a lot of these kind of games where you're running around, you like reach a ledge and you jump off. You don't really feel like you're there. You feel like you're kind of floating on top of the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but here you've got to hit buttons um, in, in order to, to make those moves. And it makes you feel more connected to the world that you're in. Um, and it's, it's, it's a small touch, but it's a really mm. nice one. And I think as Justin mentioned before, as you're fighting, um, although it's turn-based, you don't just sit there, hit the button, watch the move happen, and then go to the next. You can actually time a, a button hit in order to do additional damage. So you're more involved in that yeah. Um, yeah. as well. Um, so I like that. I like the story. I like you know we 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 pick up with these characters and and it's not long before you really feel like you're part of that group um, as as they move around and it's just immediately engaging and I could hardly wait to push further to uh, to to get further along in this story and get to know all these people better. Very cool. Do you know from your memory does the demo is the demo the start of the game or is it sort of a random point in the game? It's, I can't remember what I did at the demo. You know, I, think, I didn't even think about that. As I started it again, <laughs> where was I at the demo? Um, I believe we start differently. Yeah, because the demo started on a mountain, I think, didn't it? Yeah, like yeah, we were up at, the, we were at the top of that mountain and they were talking like there was a person or a character who mm. brought up something that in the demo I, I had no memory of. And that's when I thought, okay, we're, we're, we're somewhere else. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it, we do start differently. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that might be the case. I mean, you tend not to start uh, demos right at the beginning because sometimes there's, you know, a prologue or some kind of story. You don't necessarily want to be bogged down with that uh, in a demo because you want to get, you want to sort of see how it plays. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's got to be a long demo. Like I look back to, uh, was it Dragon Quest Eleven? Mm-hmm. Is that the one? I think there was a demo for that where it was like a 10 hour demo 11 hours but it started you at the beginning (laughs) 
I was nice. never going to purchase that game. I had never played a Dragon Quest game in my life. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, obviously it's the kind of game that it looks like I would enjoy it. So yeah. I grabbed that demo. I played it. And the moment I stopped, I went out and bought it the next day. Right. There you go. Oh, well, that worked for you then. <laughs> yeah. And loved it. Loved that game. Wow. We're not talking yeah. about that right now. We're talking about Sea of no. Stars. So. Yeah, Sea of Stars. So get back on track. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds great. And there's there's DLC for this one. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, is that- there is DLC coming. I don't think mm-hmm. it's available yet unless they, okay. they just did it. In fact, that's one of the reasons they announced via press release recently that um, the DLC is on the way. And that's how so I got in touch with them and pointed out uh, for the PR company and mentioned we never reviewed this. So they gave us a code. Um, mm-hmm. So we would be able to do it with the DLC. I'm actually not doing the review. Bill's taking that for us. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah. So we'll have two people that'll be able to talk about this game. Um, nice. But yeah, I'm, I'm pushing through it on my own. So yeah, brilliant. That sounds really good. Yeah, it does look lovely, honestly. I think we all tried the demo and loved it. So yeah, I'm glad you finally got around to it because you were talking about it being a Christmas purchase <laughs> for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to see that happened. Yeah. Yeah, but what, well, the funny because yeah, I was waiting for a Nintendo eShop gift card and I didn't get one. Um, so <gasps> really, just, yeah, went and bought it myself. I shouldn't have waited. Should have already. I should be much further in this game than I am. Mm. No, I didn't get one either. I went and bought myself a, a an eShop gift card. Um, and you know, another way to save money is they sometimes I don't know in Australia at least different. Uh, you know, re- retailers will have discounts on eShop cards. So I went to JB Hi-Fi, which is a electronic store in Australia. They had ten percent off gift cards. Uh, eShop gift cards. So I kind of saved money on games that way as well, which is nice. So yeah. Does that ever happen like at Best Buy or Target or whatever? Do you get, like- I don't know. Here where I get my uh, gift cards in my part of the United States, um, the local grocery chain is called Giant Eagle. And Ooh. when you buy gift cards, that counts towards the money that you accumulate towards money off your groceries or gas at the oh. affiliated gas station. Yeah, so yeah. I, yeah. I don't get my cards at a discount, but if I buy from there, then I end up getting a discount on my groceries. So yeah, that, <laughs> should do that's it that way. Also, uh, you know, good. <laughs> <It's, Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> discounts are discounts. So that's good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Are you playing anything else? So that's, that's kind of got you pretty busy, I guess, at the moment, right? Well, I'm still, and part of the reason I'm not that far on this is because I still have not finished Persona 5 Royal. Oh, um, right. But okay. I'm very mm-hmm. far into that game, and hopefully we'll have that done very soon. But, yeah, uh, okay. That's good. Yeah, it's a it's a time sink. I'm <laughs> got to at least be over 100 hours, maybe up to 120, and I had no idea this game was that long. No Wow. Idea. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. <laughs> yep. uh, the thing I wanted to add to our show, and I didn't check with you if you thought this was a good idea or not, <laughs> since it's <laughs> – uh, well, it's, it's, it's now 2024, right? It's a new year. Uh, what we've been talking about, everyone has been talking about the Switch sequel, the, the Switch successor, the Switch 2, whatever, Justin calls it the Switch Nitro, whatever it is. We all think it's coming out this year or at least being announced this year. Um, so I don't know if we want to tell a little Switch 2 rumor of the week or something like that, <laughs> uh, if we heard anything interesting during the week until we finally get something from Nintendo. But I just saw this last night. I thought it was uh, cute. Not cute, exactly. But it's this, because it's a company called Game Shark, right? Which I think, I don't, I don't know this company, but maybe it's an American thing where it used to help gamers uh, 
cheat or at least make things easier somehow? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It was something, I can't remember what it was, but I do remember that, that, that yeah, you, you could get it and it would help you unlock various cheat codes that you could use yeah. in games. Right. Like the Game Genie. Was that a thing? I think that was yeah, a it sounds yeah. familiar too. Yes. So Game Shark, apparently, the story is Game Shark uh, is back. Uh, they, they haven't been around for a while, but they're back and they're rebranding as AI Shark. I think they're doing AI somehow in some capacity. And there was some kind of press release and they mentioned that they were launching alongside the Switch 2 in September 2024. Now, of course, it's not true, uh, it, as in the Switch 2 is not releasing in September 2024. Game Shark or AI Shark, whatever they're called now, just put that in and made a guess, I suppose you could say. And honestly, I think they probably just did it to get some attention, which now I'm talking about it, I'm like, I'm giving them the attention they wanted. So <laughs> maybe that's not a good thing. Anyway, the point is, it was a rumor that happened. Um, September, you know, could it could be a feasible time for a Switch 2 launch. We don't know yet. That's why it's a rumor. Take it with a grain of salt. But I mean, I just thought it was fun to hear about these kinds of things because everyone's going nuts waiting for this announcement. And yeah. I don't know. I just think it's crazy. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I equate this to like the sports announcers who will pick um, a ridiculous upset to happen. Right. And of course okay. it doesn't happen because it was ridiculous and everybody forgets it and they move on and just talk about the game. <laughs> but if he manages to get it right. Yeah. Then like I was, I was the only one who called this. I knew this was going to happen. Like, no, no, you didn't. You were just being random. <laughs> you picked something. It worked out for you. Great. Maybe that sounds to me like this is what Game Shark's doing here. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's going to come out, uh, let's say September. And if we're right, we've got clout. <laughs> People are going to listen to us because we got this one right. They're going to think we're right about everything. So this will work out. And if not, who cares? Everyone got a prediction wrong. And we'll just get buried in the process. Yeah. I do have a Simpsons quote related to that, actually, for, oh. the, sport, for the sports analogy. I think Homer was watching football or something and, and there was someone making those random calls and he gets one wrong and he says, well, folks, when you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. There you go. Yes. So um, that's the Switch rumor, Switch 2 rumor of the week. Uh, we talked a lot about the Switch 2 last week because uh, Justin, as I said, he's he called it the Nitro. Just, that's just his name for it. Not He's not predicting that name. He just thinks it's a cool name. Um, yep. He thinks it's going to be announced and released this year. Trevor was saying he thinks it's going to be announced this year, released next year. What did you think? What was your take on that? I'm going to side with Justin on this one. I think it will mm-hmm. be announced this year and released this year. I don't think Nintendo is going to want to go through another holiday season without having a new console for people mm-hmm. to pick up. You know, as yeah. great as the Switch sales have been, and there are always new gamers growing up and wanting to get their hands on it, um, I, I don't see how they would be able to sustain it for one more or an entire year. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I tend to agree with you as well. I think it's going to be hard to, especially if they do announce it this year, we know that might lead to disappointing holiday sales for this existing system for the Switch if it's if everyone's waiting for the Switch 2. So, yeah, I don't know. I think you're probably right there. Um yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Little, oh, yeah, like like I said, I don't do predictions because I'm always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we need a percentage view then. So you can say when you're right, <laughs> X percent of the time, <laughs> you're wrong 100 minus X. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, it's it's going to be a fun year. And I think this year is off to a really, really good start. I'm very excited for 2024. Um, thanks to the likes of Prince of Persia, I think it's a really solid start to the year. 
Um, I think we've got uh, another code recollection to look forward to this week as well, which comes out on Friday. Um, we've got Mario versus Donkey Kong to look forward to in February. We've got Princess Peach. There's uh, Luigi's Mansion 2 HD. Um, there's a lot. I don't know. Unicorn that- Overlord in early March is the one I'm most looking forward to. Oh, okay. Yes. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I think uh, I... Do I? Um, well, it's oh, that's a game the RPG, from, right? Yes. 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 Yeah, from uh, Vanillaware. Is that the company that's putting that out? Um, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did a game um, recently. Oh, I'm going to kill myself because once again, I cannot remember the name. Uh, I could look up while you talk about this one, if you like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Aegis Rim, Aegis Rim, 13 oh, Sentinels, okay. a- Aegis Rim, sorry. Uh, yes, there it is. Yeah, that was the first game I played from them, I believe. Um, they had another game that looked good called Odin Sphere that never came um, to a Nintendo device, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was completely blown away um, by uh, 13 Sentinels. Um, as, as the unique gameplay, the visuals of it, the, the story, uh the way everything combined, I, I had so much fun with that. And I played it late. It was one of those games that when it came out, I thought, eh, okay, um, but didn't jump on it. And then there was a lag and I thought I'm going to try this game. Now I did and loved it. So um, this um, Unicorn Overlord does not in any way, shape or form look like it's going to resemble the gameplay for that one at all. Um, visually, it's got kind of their, their same aesthetic to it. Uh, but yeah, it, it's kind of an RPG that looks like there's an awful lot of world building in it too. Um, there are cooking components to it. Uh, it looks like it's just going to have an awful lot to do. I'm not, I don't have a full grasp on exactly how everything happens. They just released a new video today cool. um, that shows more of the gameplay. And even after watching that, I'm still not entirely sure how everything <laughs> is going to tie together, but I'm really looking forward to finding out. Yes. Well, I think that's a good way to do a trailer because then, you know, you don't want to give too much away, especially with these types of games that are very story driven. Um, yeah. Yeah. That looks yeah. cool. And it and looks I'd... like they'll be releasing more trailers as, as we get closer. So, you know, piece by piece, everything's going to uh, fall into place. And and regardless of where it all ends up falling, I will definitely be buying and playing this game. Yeah. And that one's out, I think, the 8th of March. Is that correct? Something yes. Like that? Yeah. Yep. So another good one to look forward to. Yeah. Um, my son's birthday. Oh, nice. Mine's only Not two that he'll play it. But... After that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mine... can't celebrate your birthday. New game came out. Yeah, sorry. You know, dad's got a Nintendo job to look after. So yeah. <laughs> but oh, he'll understand. Play. He'll understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so I do think it's shaping up to be a good year. I know we've talked about, you know, last year, the first half of the year was busy and then we didn't know what was happening. Then a lot happened. So 2023 was a big year in itself. Don't know what's happening with the second half this year. So it could be that, yeah, it's a Switch 2 kind of deal. Um, or Nintendo is just going to surprise us with more stuff as they tend to do. I think when when can we look forward to our next Nintendo Direct? Justin seems to know the cadence of those. I can never remember. Probably February, February? Though, right? They yeah. usually have one in February, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm pretty excited to see what happens then. Uh, obviously, we'll cover it on the show when it does happen. But I think, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. It's going to be a very, very exciting year. Um, and we'll we'll go through it together each and every week on the Punitino podcast. So, <laughs> did you have anything else to talk about today, Kurt, before we wrap things up? No, I don't think so. Um, I'm just, uh, as we're as we're talking here, I'm, I'm looking through the coming releases um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. here on the Switch. And we do have uh, some of the ones that we didn't cover that are coming out 
at least up through April, such as, I can't pronounce this, Euden Chronicle, 100 Heroes is another JRPG for guys like me. Cool. Um, Saga Emerald Beyond. Uh, let's see, we didn't mention Luigi's oh, Mansion yeah. 2. And that's on its way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Princess Peach uh, Showtime. Yes. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, definitely Princess Peach. And that's those are the kind of games that I expect to be covered in February if they do have a Nintendo Direct. But uh, either they would have to be ready to announce um, a Switch successor or give us one or two games for the Switch that haven't been announced yet because doing one where we're just talking about games that they've already covered mm-hmm. um, will not cover it. People will not be happy with that. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, we either have to get new games or or the the next system announcement yeah that would be amazing if it happens in february oh my gosh then we can put our rumor of the week to rest straight away yes Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we'll see if it catches on um and i mean yeah there'll definitely be i I assume there would be some kind of game announcement if not switch to then yes there's gonna be other switch titles they're gonna talk about because that's what they do every time there's something new and exciting they they drop during a direct so i'm excited to see what what that will entail wouldn't it be funny if they finally announced Metroid 4 for the Switch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what would people think? I don't know. <laughs> I guess they'd be excited, right? Yeah. I mean, or they could do two versions of it, too. They like could. they did uh, for uh, what, uh, which Zelda game was that? Was it Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword? A couple, well, I think. They have released done that. it for each system, like for the Wii and the Wii U. Yeah. Twilight Princess, I believe, did that. Um, even wasn't. Did Breath of the World come out on the Wii U as well? No, it didn't. Did oh, it? I did don't it? know. I'm not really good at that. Sorry. It's a Trev question. <laughs> yeah, he's got the memory for those kind of things. I, I have to remember things like uh, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, and I failed at that today. So. <laughs> Just say it too much times, Nintendo so history for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, but overall, I think, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Uh, can't wait to see what's, what the rest of the year brings to us. Thank you so much, Kirk, for joining me today and talking about all things Nintendo. Um, I did want to say before we sign off, we are now on Blue Sky, which is a Twitter-like social media platform. So if listeners are also on Blue Sky, head on over to that platform and search for Pure Nintendo, you'll find us. Um, We have two posts so far. So, yeah, we're very new to the platform. Um, You can also still find us on Twitter slash X for now uh, at Pure Nintendo. We have our website, purenintendo.com. And we're also working on the next edition of our bi-monthly magazine. And that is shaping up to be a big issue with lots of, uh, you know, 2024 excitement. Um, head on over to patreon.com slash pinintendo if you'd like to jump on board and get yourself a hard copy delivered to your mailbox in the near future. Uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you, Kirk. Thank you, listeners. Until next week, game on, everybody. Bye. Bye.